morning. Thank you, Pastor David. Uh, David last week shared a message. Uh, thank you, uh, David, for, for preaching last week. He talked a little bit about the actions of a disciple. What's the first one? Surrender. surrender. And how often do we surrender? Every day. And, you know, the first time I gave my life to Jesus, thank you, David, uh, I was 22 years old and uh, surrendered my life to Christ. I was born again. I received the free gift of salvation. Uh, but as we continue to learn how to trust God and give our lives to God, the amazing thing is that God chooses things for us we would never choose for ourselves. And we discover in time that His will for us is better than if we took control of our own lives. Uh, never thought I would be a pastor. Never thought I'd have the privilege of coming back to Valley Point Church, and I never wanted to go to Africa. Uh, that was not my plan. Uh, today, I am, you know, a good pastor every, you know, a couple times a year brings in a missionary uh, to come talk about missions, and so I'm the missionary today. Uh, my, my wife and I, I call us uh, part-time volunteer missions. Once a year, we take a trip to Uganda. And uh, last year, we took a big team. Every other year, we usually just go by ourselves. Uh, this year, it was just going to be us and Emily, and it turned into us and Emily and her boyfriend and Shanna, which was great. Uh, we had a wonderful time. But today, rather than focusing on the trip, I want to talk a little bit about the ministry and the work of Uganda. If you want to know about Uganda, Justine right there is Ugandan. Uh, she actually came to church for the first time last year on Uganda Sunday and said, maybe I'm supposed to be in this church. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, my wife and I established a nonprofit about seven years ago. Uh, well, I guess it's nine years ago now, 2014. The nonprofit is called Restoration Uganda. And just quickly up front, it's basically about student sponsorship, similar to a World Vision, Compassion International, that sort of thing. But we have 0% administrative costs. Uh, that's the advantage. Um, basically, when you sponsor a child, you are paying for their tuition, for their fees, uh, for their uniform, for their supplies, uh, things like that. It affects, this is in our school associated with the church that's called Restoration Uganda. We feed them kids a meal every day. We had to learn to do this because kids were going home and coming back and they were hungry and their grades were going down. So we started providing lunch. Uh, it's a Christian school and so we have Bible teaching. Uh, we have prayer. Uh, there's a weekly worship service as well. So we're interested in making disciples as well. I've done a presentation uh, every year for many years, and uh, this year I'm doing something different. I want to highlight people as I go through this, I, because sometimes we can look at numbers and we can look at faces, but uh, for Tammy and I, by the grace of God, we know many of these kids and their names, and I want to share as we go through the next 30, 35, 40 minutes together. I got about 170 slides, so I'll go quickly. Um, and after I'm done, uh, if you want to sponsor a child, that's great. Uh, not everyone's called to do that, and we understand that. Uh, if you want to pick up something from Africa and make a donation to us, that's great too. Uh, the first person, I, people I want to highlight is uh, two little boys called Rashid and Sully, and they're brothers. Uh, they came into our ministry uh, probably about 10 years ago. This is pictures of them in 2014. Uh, great little boys, but sadly, two years later, their mother died. And so they had to go live with their Jaja. Jaja is a grandmother. Uh, the grandmother lived about five hours away out in the village in the middle of nowhere. But by God's grace, sponsors have continued to pay. Daniel, who's our administrator, um, 
gets the money to them, as well as some extra money to help provide for just food and sustenance. And we took this picture last week of, of the two of them. Another, amen, praise the Lord. One of my favorite stories is Sarah. Sarah stole my heart on my second trip to Uganda. Uh, she was in our orphanage. On our first trip to Uganda in 2007, we established an orphanage. Sarah was HIV positive. Uh, she was HIV positive because both her mom and dad were HIV positive, and, she, and, and they both died of AIDS. And she came into our orphanage, and uh, I think right then I knew I was hooked. Um, by God's grace, again, she's now a senior in high school. Uh, this picture was taken last Sunday uh, of her. And so we've seen, seen a lot of changes that have happened. Some good friends of mine sponsor her as well. Now, if you don't know about Uganda, again, ask Justine. Uganda is in East Africa. It's on the equator, and it's normally hot, but I got to tell you, it was the coolest it ever was in Uganda. I actually came home, and it's hotter here. Uh, it, was, it was the rainy season, uh, although at night, it's, it's pretty warm over there. It is uh, one of the poorest countries in the world, just like many third world countries. People are living off of $2 a day, which is hard to imagine that a cup we get at Starbucks costs, you know, two, two, two days worth of salary for some people. It is one of the youngest countries in the world. The median age is 15. Uh, there's 2.6 million orphans, total orphans, as far as mom and dad are both dead. But half the population is under the age of 15. Um, it is... Uh, I think the thing that strikes me is just how many single moms there are in Uganda because a man will uh, get a woman pregnant whether they're married or not. It really doesn't matter because once he realizes he, he can't even provide for himself and now he's got a wife and a child to provide for, a lot of times he just takes off. And so mom's left to survive and maybe another man marries and has another child but then says, well, I'm not providing for that first child because that's not my child and then he might take off. And so I've never seen so many single moms in all my life. That's one of the reasons we do the sponsorships is to help them. And the main reason is there's no free education. We can't imagine a country where kids don't have the right to go to school, but 20% of Ugandans are not going to school because they don't have money. My first trip, I met a guy who was translating for me, 30 years old. He was a junior in high school at the age of 30. I thought, man, did you get held back or what? Um, but he had to raise money for a couple years to pay for a year of schooling for himself to put him through school. So if you don't have money, if you don't have the fees, you don't have education. And most kids in Uganda, the average child makes it to sixth grade, uh, which, and that's it. That's the education they get. By the way, the native language is Luganda. Uh, that means praise the Lord in Luganda. But the official language is English, which is helpful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, that, uh, that they do speak English, but you only learn English if you go to school. Imagine sending your kids to school, and they have to learn a whole new language in school. So that's, that's how it works over there. The language that's taught in school is English, uh, but the, uh, the native language is Luganda, uh, at least the largest tribe that is there. There's about 40 million Ugandans. Most live in, or a big portion, 6 million or so, live in Kampala. In Kampala is a slum area called Nakulabye. Nakulabye is where our church is located at. Uh, it's where our school, in fact, this piece of property you're seeing here is where the school was built. Our primary school was built there. Most people rent there because they can't afford uh, and they're paying just, you know, it's, it's day to day. You wake up that day, you try to find some job that you can get some money so you can buy some food, so you can feed yourself, so you can wake up the next day and do the same thing. 
Um, Nakalabie has a reputation. Can anything good come out of Nakalabie? It's, it's definitely, in fact, we went to the zoo this week with uh, some kids on a field trip. Every year we take the sixth graders to a field trip to the zoo. And they said, you're from Nakalabie? Like they couldn't believe it. So anyway, <clears throat> one of those families that came through Nakalabie, I want to highlight is the Ruzabiza family. Uh, they were actually from Rwanda who came to live in this area as refugees. Many of you know Pastor Mike Cook, who went with me to Uganda about seven, eight years ago. And uh, as Mike is on the left, or the right there, and wherever Mike went, there were kids following him around. He just has a big heart. And uh, on the left, the, this boy in the picture, I think his name is Joshua Ruzibiza, saw Mike and approached him and said, can you sponsor me? And, and Mike came to me. I said, well, we don't do individual sponsorships. we got to go through our school. So we talked to uh, Pastor Daniel, who runs the school. Daniel interviewed the family and said, you know what? They're Rwandan refugees. They could use help. They're not in school. If you want to sponsor this boy, we'll put him in school. I think Jim and Michelle Kraft sponsored the older sister. Uh, Fast forward a few years, this is Joshua, and you will notice he is standing in front of a truck with Texas license plates because Mike Cook and his family, after they moved to Texas, sponsored this family as refugees, and they came to live in America, and Joshua graduated from high school not too long ago. Um, cool story that because of this little boy's boldness, their whole family got to come and, and, and migrate or immigrate to America. Another part of the cool story is that the oldest sister in the family uh, contacted me a few years ago and said, I want to sponsor a child through your ministry because her life was changed uh, through this. So we give God the glory for that. Um, Frank and Helen Butai, uh, Frank's the one that we met. In 2006, about eight years before that, they founded a church uh, called the Restoration Assembly Church. The reason we call our ministry Restoration Uganda as a nonprofit is we support their ministry, the Restoration Assembly Church. And uh, as a pastor, I would say that uh, God has just done incredible things. I have as much, if not more, respect for Frank as a man of God, as a pastor, than any man I've ever met. Uh, they started a school as an outreach, uh, the orphanage we helped build uh, 17 years ago. They have planted in the last 25 years 50 churches. Um, this is one of their open air conditioned churches you can see in the upper left corner. They have a banking ministry. You think that sounds a little suspicious. Well, in Uganda, you cannot uh, open a bank unless you have some money and so what they do as a ministry is they have a free banking ministry for the poor in their area, Nakalabie, that if you just have a dollar, you can open a bank account. And so they're teaching people to save money so that they can change their life situation. Uh, Helen's Daughter is a ministry that reaches out to the women of the community. They've taken women out of prostitution. Uh, they have a sewing ministry. They're trying to make soap. They make jewelry. Um, they have a radio and TV ministry. Everything they do is about evangelism and reaching people with the gospel. I've never seen a person who is more focused on trying to share the gospel and reaching people for Christ uh, than Frank Bataille. Now, I told you throughout our ministry today I would be sharing some sponsorship needs. And we have little kids that need to be sponsored that are, that are must, less expensive. But surprisingly, because we've been doing this for so many years, this year our greatest need is college sponsorships because we have kids, and a lot of kids, they don't stick with school. Uh, believe it or not, 18-year-olds in Uganda don't always make wise decisions. 
They're just like us, right? And some of them leave school. But we had 10 kids graduate high school who performed academically well enough. You have to take a national test and perform well enough to get into college. Uh, we have 10 kids. Uh, about eight, eight of them, seven or eight, need sponsorships. And I'm going to highlight a few today to let you know uh, that if you have on your heart to help some kids, these are kids that have been with us forever. Vicki and Cece. Cece and, and Vicki have been... They were part of our orphanage that we started. They were the first kids. We met them in 2009. Um, in fact, this is a picture of them. We, have, we call them the original eight uh, that, that came in. Seven of those kids made it all the way through. Six are still there uh, right now. Uh, I told you Sarah was the one that stole my heart, HIV. She's standing next to Cece in front of her there. Uh, but these girls have stuck with us. They've served in the church. They've gone through college. They've uh, gone through high school, and they're both ready to go to college this year. Uh, this is them now. Uh, Vicky's the older sister. Uh, Cece is the, the younger sister. Um, in fact, Vicky's story really touches me because we, we had the orphanage ministry, and then we had the sponsorship ministry. And in 2014, when my sister and brother uh, came with me on this trip, we decided we were going to marry the two of them together and try to find sponsors for the kids in the orphanage. And I remember we took Tom and Lisa Thompson, I think, and they fell in love with Ronald. They were playing Frisbee with him, and they said, yeah, we're going to sponsor him. And that day, I was explaining to Vicki, I don't have a... Sorry. I don't have a sponsor for you, but I'm sure God will provide one. And Pastor Ken Wood just jumps right out and said, you don't have to pray about that. I'll sponsor her. <laughs> and uh, ah, sorry about that. I tried to tell this story to Shanna on the trip about four times, and I kept losing it. <laughs> I can't tell this story. Uh, but to see this orphan girl who didn't have a mom or dad instantly meet, you can see how it, it touched her. And Ken has been sponsoring her for the last nine years. Well, she's going to college. Uh, she actually got an award uh, for an art design that she drew, that, a national award. She's very gifted in, in art. She's going to be an industrial artist. The total cost of the college is 1100 per term. Ken and Stacy are paying 430 of that, five of that. So we're looking for a sponsor, either one sponsor for $166 a month or two sponsors for $82 a month. And by the way, the college sponsorships back there, we have like three pictures, so you can either take one-third or two-thirds or all three-thirds if you want to do that. Uh, but Vicki needs a sponsor. Her sister, Cece, is going to try to go to the same college. They're like close. They want to be roommates at the hostel. Uh, she's going to get a degree in fashion and design, and her sponsor, who's been taking care of her for the last uh, 12 years, contacted me last week and said, I've gone you know, through a situation I just can't sponsor anymore. So we need, actually, uh, Holly LeBray just took a third of her sponsorship. Thank you, Holly. So we need two-thirds of her sponsorship uh, to be taken, uh, $92 a month. This, uh, for those of you who went on the trip last year and the ladies did the dance, this was uh, Vicki and Cece doing some of the African dance uh, in the women's meeting that we had that day. All right, let me get back to uh, our ministries here. When I thought about how to present some of the things that God's doing through this particular church, I thought, you know, on Google Maps, if you look, there are 13 uh, pieces of property or structures that we have. 
And uh, when we started working with them, they didn't own any property at all. But God has just done a tremendous work. So I'm going to kind of walk through these to just show you uh, what, what we do have there and how it works. We've got a restoration nursery school that takes care of preschool kids. Again, three years of preschool because you've got to learn a little bit of English before you go to school. Um, we have the Helen's Daughters Ministries, which again makes clothing, uh, helps women support, and they actually make the uniforms for our school. Then we have the primary school as well. Just south of the primary school, buildings four, five, and six, we have our staff housing. And uh, the staff housing is how we pay some of the teachers. We give them a salary, but we give them a place to live. Uh, my wife had a chance to go inside. That little area right there is two small rooms, about eight by eight where our principal, that's our principal, Barbara, and uh, of the primary school and her two kids live. Um, by the way, ever since I've come back from Uganda, I don't complain. Amen? Um, one of the stories I want to share with you involves a, a little girl whose mom was a teacher. Her name's Daphne, and uh, Daphne, Daphne's mother was a teacher in our school, and then sadly her mother passed away. Single mom, one child. And so Daphne was left to go live with her grandmother, and three weeks later, her grandmother passed. And so this girl lost her mom and her grandmother. She's alone. The school has taken care of her. People have taken her in. Uh, she just graduated high school. Uh, one of my friends is paying for her to go to college, and she's doing great. Uh, but again, uh, just a life that has been changed through this ministry. She's going to end up going to the same school, hopefully, that Vicki and Cece will go to as well. Um, but uh, she's one of our, our special kids over there as well. Building five school toilets, uh, not that exciting, but if you don't have them, they are exciting. And then uh, building six is our kitchen. It just looks like uh, any kitchen you have here in America, I'm sure. Uh, but Sharon right there, uh, she's our, one of our main worship leaders at the church. And you walk into that place, Shanna, who went with us on the trip, said, I was about to melt the minute I walk in. It's so hot. But she cooks for about 600 people every day. Posho and beans is the primary meal that everybody eats. Uh, Posho is kind of made from corn maize flour or something like that. Um, uh, anyway, I'll keep moving. Building 7 and 8 are our boarding sections. Uh, it's hard to imagine boarding section, but when we send kids to school, if parents have the money, they actually, the kids will live in the school for three months, come home for a month, live for three months, come home for a month for each term. Each term is about three months, and then there's a month break. And so the kids that live in our boarding section, they're provided a home, uh, meals, and uh, go to our church and things like that. The old boarding section is where the girls are at <coughs> in the future. Uh, it will become more staff quarters. Uh, the new boarding section is a building we just raised about $200,000 uh, for in the last two years, and uh, we'll, was, it's our temporary high school. The long-term plan is like two floors of boys and two floors of girls that will be living in this uh, location, uh, but right now the high school uh, classes are meeting there. And then uh, building 9, 10, and 11, uh, again, a toilet. There's another look at that. If you're wondering, you can probably figure out what you need to do, uh, but uh, that's the toilets for our church in high school. The church building itself we built uh, by God's grace. Again, when we first started attending this church, this is what it looked like. It was a rented, uh, you know, facility, open air conditioned, as Frank likes to call it. And uh, this is where they're meeting now, but they've actually outgrown this. And the plan 
is actually, because they got the steel structures, they can make 16 by 2 floors, so almost 30 rooms, 20 by 20. Uh, well, probably this will become the high school building in the future. Uh, and then we have the church offices that meet there too. Directly across the street from the church, the final two areas, building 12 or area 12 and 13, the vocational training land that we spent uh, $80,000 on last year. Uh, again, it's been cleared off. We're actually hoping to maybe put some temporarily put you turned into a playground for for the school um, put some nets up there maybe some type of field and then the Sunday worship location on the biggest piece of property that we own uh, there's a tent uh, they're doing a lease to own tent they've paid about uh, three quarters of it off uh, this is a worship service in Uganda it looks just like home um, they're African and they're Pentecostal so it's a lot of fun <coughs> You can come with us next year to Uganda. We'd love to have you. Uh, right now, they're averaging about 1,200 each Sunday in church, but Frank's vision is not about building people in one location. He has started 50 small groups out and around, and he wants everybody to go out and plant a church. So uh, their goal is to plant 10 churches by the end of this year. He said their midweek groups are getting about 1,300 um, in attendance. In fact, Frank is trying to do one, and he's got everybody in the in the church doing this as well. It's a, just a wonderful ministry where we see God constantly at work. And it's, it's exciting to see that. Um, uh, let me tell you quickly about Ubaida. Uh, he is in need of full sponsorship because his sponsor was sponsoring two students and they both graduated and could only afford to keep one. So Ubaida has been with us again 10 years. He is going to get a degree in software engineering. Uh, for $225 a month, you can get a degree in software engineering in Uganda at Makerere University, which is the uh, highest level university. Again, if you want to be one of three sponsors, you can pay like $72 a month to help Ubaida get his college degree. Uh, again, it's harder for me to find sponsorships for these kids in college, but they have been with us all the way through and have really performed academically well. Um, so we, we haven't been in a situation yet where a student who performed well was not able to go to college. So that's my prayer this year. Um, basically, our ministry on this side, Restoration Uganda, we're about uh, education scholarships. We call them scholarships maybe more than sponsorships because they're in our school. Most everybody is right there in our school where we have accountability over, you know, if they're coming to class, uh, we can control the curriculum, the quality of the education. The school was founded in, in the year 2000. Again, uh, when we went there the first time, this is what the school looked like. It looks a little better now. Uh, there's over 600 students that attend 16 grades of school. Um, one of those students that has performed academically well, Jocelyn, she has four sponsors right now that are helping her go to college. Uh, again, she is getting a degree as a pharmacist, five-year degree. Uh, her, she is the most expensive student we have, which costs about $4,500 a year. So $1,500 a term. There's three terms in a year in Uganda. But uh, again, uh, seeing a life change, and when she graduates, she'll have job offers and be able to impact many lives in her own family as others. The school itself, again, three preschool grades, seven Primary grades, primary being kindergarten through sixth grade. 
then they take the national exam after that, and then we have six high school classes. Uh, the ministry that God's given us pretty much is we just establish and maintain sponsorships. We've got somewhere between 200 and 220 sponsors right now. In fact, I think that's Peter and Carrie's on the left and, and uh, Eric and Becky's on the right there. Um, they're holding the picture and the money, and so they sent them some gifts. And, and we kind of operate this. The guy that I communicate with is one of the pastors. He's the superintendent. Uh, Daniel, he's been at the school from the beginning, used to be a teacher. And the way the ministry works is uh, the sponsor talks to me, I talk to Daniel, Daniel talks to the student. We try to prevent the student from talking to the sponsor because the student will say, oh, I need a, a laptop, you know, or I need an iPad, I need a cell phone. It's like, no, they don't. Um, so uh, if there's a need, talk to Daniel. If Daniel says it's a need, he'll let me know, I'll let the sponsor know, and then we'll see how that works so there's accountability. We go every year primarily to up date our pictures, make sure the kids that we're sponsoring are still in school. We need some accountability. As I mentioned, every other year we take a mission trip with other people. You are all invited to go to Uganda next year with us. Uh, we'd love to have you. Um, this year, again, our, our team was uh, much smaller, uh, but uh, Nate, Nate is here this morning, Emily's boyfriend. You can go back and visit them. And we've taken others over the years, Tina, uh, Sharon, uh, Heather, there's other people that have come and they would recommend that you come with us. I love Shadid. Just quickly want to tell you about Shadid. He is one of our kids in the orphanage as well. Uh, stole my wife's heart early on. And he loves to do tailoring. In fact, we, he made this little outfit that he's wearing for our grandson. It took him about two hours to do it. But he wants to open his own uh, fashion and tailor shop. Uh, which is not a traditional man's occupation in Uganda. Got a great heart for the Lord, and we just love him to death. Um, one of the things we've had to do this year is increase our, our scholarship or our sponsorship fee by a few dollars because <clears throat> every graph out there says that the price of food in Uganda in the year 2020 has just skyrocketed. Uh, what used to cost X dollars is now two to three times as much. Uh, so we are increasing our basic sponsorship level to $35 a month. Uh, that's the lowest amount that we have. This little girl, by the way, uh, her mother was a prostitute when she was conceived, uh, but she gave her, the mother gave her life to Christ, is now in the church. She's one that's on the table. I think she has the cutest face, so she'll be quick to go, by the way. Did I mention we have 0% administrative costs? What that means is, you give us $35, we send $35 to Uganda. We don't keep any of it ourselves. Everyone that works for our ministry is doing so as a volunteer. Um, we have high school level sponsorships. There's a group over there uh, that are day school. Again, these are kids who walk to school and go home, so we're not feeding them. Those are at $45 a month. This is Kenneth, I think, and he also needs a sponsor. And then we have the boarding section sponsorships, which are $75 a month. And those are probably the biggest need at the lowest level because uh, these are kids that come from such poor families, the families can't feed them. So the church has taken on the responsibility to feed them just so they can go to school. Uh, but again, I recognize that this is a lot. So even if you want to say, hey, I'll sponsor half of a student, we actually have several people who have gone in, hey, let's you and I share this one and we'll both give $37.50 a month and help this child go through school. 
Uh, we've had some kids actually, um, as I mentioned, many have graduated. The one on the bottom right there is Hanifa. Uh, Hanifa's been with us a long time. That's her leading worship uh, back in 2009 in our kids' ministry. And she just completed a five-year degree of nursing uh, at uh, Busatima University. Got to see her last Sunday as well. Uh, just a, another life that's been changed through our ministry. The strategy of the school is really about discipleship. You know, as I mentioned, everything Frank does is about outreach. And so we, we reach kids from the community. A lot of them are Muslims. And they send their kids to our school. And they're being taught the Bible they're being taught the gospel. They're going into a worship service every week where the kids are leading the other kids in worship and participating in that. If a child lives in our boarding section, they're required to go to church at least twice a week. Uh, so they're getting the gospel by living there. In fact, there are 12 small group fellowships in the school uh, that are led by students. So we have uh, students leading other students, and many of them show that leadership gift in their young ages and grow up and become leaders in the church as well. Mary Kugonza in the middle, Alex on the left, and Brian all came up through the church and through the school. One of those people, Cece Namuga, it's a different Cece, same name. Uh, she has a sponsor but uh, needs some partial help. She wants to be a teacher. She's gotten into Ndeji University. Uh, the total cost of her tuition is $9.50 a term, but the, the current sponsor is paying $3.10. So again, we're looking for about $160 a month for her or two people to do $80 a month. Um, Want to give God the glory that uh, we have had some tremendous academic success through our school. And one of the ways we can look at that is we compare it to uh, other schools on the standardized, nationalized test. So when the kids leave primary school, they have to take a test. And nationally, the average is only 44% of those students score in a top one or two, division one or two of the highest grades. And almost 20% fail the test. We have had 234 students take the test in the last 12 years. And 96% of our students have, have scored in the top two levels compared to 44% on the national average. And so, amen, praise the Lord. We've never, never had a child fail the exam. And uh, again, the quality of education, uh, in fact, because we're in Nakalabia, has even attracted a lot of news saying, why? You know, a Nakalabie school actually performing well academically. One of those students is Kevin. Uh, Kevin wants to get a degree in law. He had two sponsors. Uh, they both have, have dropped, and that happens sometimes, sponsors, life situation. When you sponsor a job, we're not asking you for a three-year contract or anything. You know, you do what you can, and if your life changes and you say, I can't sponsor anymore, God always provides somebody else. Uh, Kevin wants to be a lawyer. And uh, at the IU uh, University, he can get a degree for $200 per month and become a lawyer. So uh, we're looking for Kevin to have a sponsor as well. Uh, I'm coming towards the end of this, and uh, what I'd like to do is just kind of tell you about a big need. Every year we kind of come in and, and we have some big things that we're praying for. A couple years ago it was the boarding section to start building that. Uh, last year it was the piece of property across the way. One of the biggest challenges that 
I think our ministry is facing, and, and we talk to the leaders over there, and they agree, is that we seem to have lost Ugandan income. And what I mean by this is that our schools are becoming, in my opinion, too dependent upon the American financial support. Uh, the Ugandans used to give more money uh, to help pay for some of their students, but 2020 lockdowns, uh, inflation, food costs, they're not getting the money. The people in Uganda who have money are not sending their kids to our school. Why are they not sending their kids to our school when we have one of the best academic? And I think it might have to do with something that Nakalabie has a reputation, but more than that, our, our buildings, our facilities can't compete with other schools that look better, that have nicer uniforms, that have nicer facilities. You know, our buildings still uh, need some upgrade. The floors of our schools are not finished. They're dirt uh, inside. In fact, this picture right here, the top part of that is the road outside the boarding section. The bottom part is inside the boarding section. It's the exact same. It's a dirt road. And so we've put together about 10 things that we're praying for about $140,000 uh, that God will raise. Uh, we don't have, um, again, some of the physical look of our structure. We're, what we're hoping and praying is if we can upgrade our facilities, maybe more Ugandans will begin to put their kids in our school and help the school not be, the ministry not become so dependent upon us in their school, if that makes sense. Um, Irene, gosh... I'll just be real brief with Irene. Irene, uh, 2012, this was her. Uh, this is her now. She, she got pregnant about uh, four, no, five, six years ago. And so she had to leave school because she got pregnant. And uh, the sponsor uh, said, listen, if she ever wants to go back to school, you let me know because I'd like to sponsor her. Uh, and give her another chance, and she did. And she's back in school right now, uh, getting a degree in business management. She is one of the two, if you were with us last year, you remember the family that we bought a house for, her and her brother Walter. He's famous for having the Chick-fil-A shirt. Um, uh, they, we got to visit them on this trip again. This is the home that uh, several people in this church gave to to help buy them uh, a home last year. So let me, uh, I think that was the last story I have as far as an interruption. Just about done. I'm, I'm doing pretty good on time. So here we go. What do we want to do as far as upgrading our facilities? Well, I've got a list. I'm going to ask you to just pray about this. And if God stirs your heart in any way, that'd be great. So we want to put pavers inside the compound so that instead of dirt in there, we've got, you know, as I mentioned, pavers. We've already started the process. It's going to cost about 12000 to put them in the prim primary school the nursery school, and the high school boarding section. Secondly, we want to put plaster and paint on the inside of the walls. We have this great new building that we've built for $200,000. Uh, the kids are actually living inside this building. Uh, this is, uh, again, I've kind of blacked out the floor so you can see we're just talking about the walls. Going to cost about $20,000 American to get that job done for 12 rooms. Um, thirdly, this is the big ticket item, is we want to put tile inside the floors. Uh, so instead of having floors in the classrooms, they're all dirt, even the old, uh, even the primary school as well as the high school, all dirt. So it would look something 
like this where there's an actual floor inside or a different type of tile. That flooring would extend outside into the walkway or what are those, the, the hallway or the veranda or whatever. Uh, the one on the left is the primary school. The one on the right is the boarding section. Uh, and the stairs. The stairs themselves would also be covered. And so that's about a $33,000 item to get all of that done. Uh, number four, we want to plaster and paint the exterior of this boarding section to give you an idea of what it would look like. This was our primary school before we plaster and painted it. This is the primary school after we plaster and painted it. Again, those Ugandans who actually have money might not want to send their child to a school that looks like this, but might send their child to a school. That's what we're thinking. Again, we don't know. We're praying, but we're thinking we've got a great Christian school. Kids are loved. Academic success. Why are Ugandans not paying to put their kids in our school? And maybe it has to do with the facilities. Uh, we want to, um, so that's about $20,000. We need some uh, beds and benches. Uh, we want to finish the staff housing. My wife went in and visited uh, inside there, but uh, uh, this is what it would cost to complete the staff housing. Uh, we want to upgrade our kitchen. Uh, we want to buy 15 computers because our computer lab right now is one computer. Uh, we'd like to have 15 computers so that, again, we can teach kids computers and then upgrade our uh, library labs, physics, chemistry, biology, and that's where we get the total figure of about $140,000. Uh, so that's kind of our prayer list. We'll be promoting that over the course of however long it takes, but that's our next priority uh, as far as what we're looking at. The amazing thing is, one thing I've learned about in Uganda is no matter how much you give, I read a book once where it said you feel like you're trying to fill up the ocean with a, with a Dixie cup, okay? That's the picture, because no matter how much you put in, there's still, you know what I mean? The, the need is always going to be greater than what we have. And uh, we can't necessarily change the poverty situation, but uh, the number of lives who have been changed by the gospel and some of the lives that I've highlighted with you today have been changed. Out in our village, we have other needs. I'm not going to mention uh, the prices of those, but I think all of this is about $9,000 to upgrade the kitchen, solar lights on the outside to help uh, with, with some um, uh, security, I guess would be the words. Last thing I'm going to share is Frank and Helen Butai would like to come back to America. This is what they look like when they dress here because it's so cold. Uh, they're hoping to come this September if I can line up some places for them to, to minister in. Uh, I, if they do come, I'll be looking for some host homes Maybe some of you who'd be willing to open up your home just to have them for a few days and get to know them and hear their heart, hear their ministry. You know, Helen's got a tremendous ministry. She's probably the greatest person of prayer I've ever met. I've stayed in their home. I've heard them pray, the two of them. In fact, Helen sleeps on the floor so that she will wake up and she can pray throughout the night. Um, she is ran for council She's one of 91 people who are serving on the city, the council, like a city councilman type thing. Uh, she did that again for outreach. Frank told me that there are 85, 85 of the 91 people are Muslims. And then there's Helen. And yet when they want someone to pray, guess who they ask? They ask her. 
and the Muslims come to her for prayer. And she was actually given an award for being the most religious person or something on the council, you know. Uh, so everything they're doing is about the gospel. They're just uh, tremendous people that, uh, uh, that have blessed my life to be a part of it as well. Uh, last time they came again, it was five years ago, so it's been a long time since they've had a chance to visit us. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. They're going to close us again in a song. And um, what I'll ask you to do is, as you think of it, you know, um, by God's grace, uh, so many of you have already supported and are supporting our ministry. Our church doesn't formally support this ministry as a budget line item, but I know so many of you have been instrumental in changing lives over there. But I will ask you, again, if it's your first time, if you'd, if you'd pray for us, maybe visit our sponsored table. The way th we th have things worked out, uh, in fact, Tammy, why don't you head back there? The crafts are on that side. Jewelry's there. Sponsorship is over here. And if you want to take something home from Uganda, take it. That's great. It's an honor system. We have a suggested donation, but if you don't have it or you want to pay us later, that's fine. Uh, because I know this is 2023. People don't carry cash. Um, but you can give through Realm. Uh, there's a spot on Realm that says Uganda, and that will go towards a ministry. That's just kind of one-time donation stuff. If you sponsor a child, you can take anything you want off the table. If you sponsor two children, we'll give you everything on the table. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we, we, would, we would love for you to just take a piece of Africa home so that you can pray for us. We have some free stuff too, those little balls. We got some money. You can take, like kids can take 2,000 shillings. <laughs> wow, that's great. It's like 60 cents, but that's okay. Um, but come visit our table. Uh, and maybe some of you who have been to Uganda before, come stand behind the tables as well. We'd love for you to uh, ask some of them questions if you have that. Uh, if you want to make a one-time donation, again, restorationuganda.com. What was that, Tammy? Oh, yeah, Emily and Nate. Please ask Emily and Nate. They just went on the trip. Uh, Nate said it was his first time, and he said it was life-changing. And uh, also, as the two of them are courting and dating, the fact that they survived a mission trip together is good, good, uh, good sign. So uh, thank you, guys. This is, uh, it's a lot of fun for me to be able to share this. Uh, again, to me, I just give God the glory because it's amazing what God will do. This was not something I would have chosen for myself. Uh, I think it's my wife's fault because when she was a child, she prayed that she would be a missionary. I did not. Um, but uh, we truly have been so blessed, and, and thank you. Our greatest passion is still serving as the pastor of this church. And there's, there's you know, this is my primary calling right here. Uh, we're not going to leave here to go to Uganda, but uh, God continues to do incredible work for us taking a couple weeks a year out of our life to go over there and send out some emails. He's provided Emily. Emily has been uh, just a tremendous workhorse for the ministry, and although she, she has left our church, she is still working for us with Uganda and doing most of the heavy lifting in some areas too, so we thank God for that. Would you